morning, church. Let's stand and worship together today. We're so glad you joined us this morning and excited to worship with you.
Aren't you thankful that whatever the enemy sends that looks like it's come to harm us or it's come to, to stop us, that God says, mm-mm, no, that's my child, and I'm going to turn it around for their good. Amen? He's going to take everything that the enemy sends. And sometimes we just have to stop and say, you know what, devil? God's about to turn that for my good. You're showing me one thing, but God's showing me the truth. You're showing me what you want me to see, but God is saying this because he's about to turn it on my behalf for good. Amen? If we just keep serving and don't stop and keep believing and keep trusting, we're going to see God do something for our good. He will never stop doing things for our good. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10 says, I has not seen nor ears heard nor has it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for those love him. The next verse goes on to say, but God has revealed them as through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. There are some things that God has planned for us in our life we will never see if we don't allow his spirit to come in and lead us. Amen. There are things we can't see with our natural eye because we'll be full. There are things we can't hear with our natural ear. There are things in our heart that sometimes we'll lean toward when God says, no, lean this way. So God says, if we, if we listen to his spirit, if we let his spirit come in, then it will lead and guide us in all truth. Amen. His word is truth, and he will lead and guide us in all truth. This is going to be a little different, but I, I, I really feel God asking me to do this. So I'm just going to step out in this and say, how many of you asked God at the beginning of the year for a word or for a scripture or for something to lead you through that year? I do, I always do, and, and this year I've gotten more than usual. So I'm just going to say, can we just take a minute, just a minute, and get quiet and allow the Holy Spirit just to drop something in if you haven't done that? What's the word? What's the scripture? God, what do you have for my personal life this year? Can we just do that for a second? It's different, but let's just listen for a minute. God, I just pray right now, Lord God, I thank you, Father, that your plan is for good. I thank you, Father, that you stopped the enemy on our behalf. And Lord God, I ask right now that you would give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to understand what your spirit says, Father. God, I ask that you would just flood our lives with your presence, with your wisdom. God, I ask that you would awaken the deep things within us, Father, that we don't even know are there, Lord, but that you would begin to move, Father God, and you would begin to awaken and blow life on dreams that have been lost. Lead us, God, as never before. Touch us, God, as never before. And fill us, God, with your presence, power, and spirit as never before.
Come on, can you stretch your hands towards heaven? Come on, can you stretch your hands towards heaven? The Bible says lift up your hands. So, Lord, your promise still stands. Regardless of what I see, regardless of what's around me, regardless how dim it looks or how impossible it seems, Lord, your promise still stands. And Lord, by faith, Lord, we come into agreement with your promise because your promises are yes and amen. amen. So, God, we thank you today for your presence, for your power, God, in this hour. God, give us strength. God, as a body of believers, as the bride of Christ, God, give us strength. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we give you adoration in the house today. We give you adoration in the house today, Lord Jesus. Worthy is your name. Worthy is your name. Come on, can you lift your hands and just begin to just give the Lord adoration and praise in the house. Worthy are you, Lord. Worthy are you, Lord. Lord, I don't worship you based on how I feel, but Lord, I worship you on who you are and who I know that you are. Oh, Lord, we thank you, Jesus. God, let your presence, God, begin to saturate our hearts today, Lord Jesus. God, we honor and we praise your name. If you're here today and you have a need in your life, and you have a situation, maybe you want prayer today, this is what I want you to do. I want you to just stretch your hand toward up here and just wave it and say, I have a need, Pastor. That's all right. There's hands going up everywhere. There are plenty of people that are dealing with sickness right now. Got a lot of friends across the nation. And uh, we just need to be praying for people. And so I want to do this today. If you lifted up your hand, I, we're going to pray corporately together for needs today. Or I think we should also, I think we're in order to pray for uh, our nation this week. It's a pivotal week for our nation. And I, whether you're one side or the other, I don't care. You need to be centered with Jesus. That's what I'm going to tell you. And you need to pray that God would put his hand of protection on whoever the leader of our nation is. Amen. I know that's not popular, but that's the way it is. So I want you to do, do this today. I want you to, to just, uh, let's just come together in unity today in prayer and believe that God is going to move on behalf of each and every need that was represented by a lifted hand today. Maybe you're watching online and you lifted your hand. Well, we're going to pray for you too. We don't have to know what your need is. God knows what your need is. So let's do that. Lord, we thank you today for your grace and mercy, for your healing presence. God, I ask, Lord, that you would touch each and every need that was mentioned today. Lord, each and every hand that was lifted. God, we don't have to know each and every one, but you know each and every one of those needs. Lord, you know us so well. Lord, you know the number of hair that is on our head. Each and every one of us. God, you know us by name. So knowing how good of a God you are, Lord, we come before you, God, with our petitions. God, those who are fighting sickness right now, God, we pray uh, for healing virtue to flow in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus, we declare it. 
God, those who are dealing with maybe marital problems today. God, I, I, I speak life into marriages right now. God, I speak peace into relationships, God, and I speak life into people that are, are addicted to substances and situations. God, we lift up our nation right now. God, we pray for all of our leaders, God, even the ones we don't necessarily agree or agree with. But God, we pray, Lord, that you, Lord, that you would be sovereign. Lord, your will be done. Lord, your kingdom come. Lord, and we pray right now, Lord, that you would send peace over our nation, God. That you would send unity over this nation, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, God. We give you praise and glory. And the church said, amen. Come on and give Jesus a hand clap of praise, if you will. Look at your neighbor. Give him a thumbs up. Smile at him, too. All right, smile at him and say, it's good to see you today. Look at your neighbor on the other side who you didn't look at and uh, give them a thumbs down and smile at them. I don't know. I'm, I don't know what I'm doing here. So, And you may be seated. So good to see you today and so glad to have you in the house of the Lord. Are you happy to be in the house of the Lord today? Uh, I am so glad to be in the house of the Lord today. You could have been any other place. And let me tell you, I think it's pretty cool uh, driving to church today. You know, uh, I've only been here four months, but uh, coming and seeing all the snow everywhere this morning was pretty cool for a California guy. Um, and it's so pretty and beautiful. And uh, I got up early just to make sure I had enough time because I didn't know what the road conditions were. I just, you know, us, us California people, we just, we're scared to drive in rain, let alone, you know, wet conditions and snow and, and uh, but it was so beautiful today, and what a beautiful day it is. Every day of your life should be a beautiful day. And so what a beautiful day it is, and uh, I just want to say, if you are a guest with us, it is an honor to have you today, and we are thrilled to have you today. Home folks, can we give all of our guests a welcome today, this morning? And uh, today is a special day. Today is actually the uh, uh, Sanctity of Human Life Day uh, on the calendar. And uh, I was reading something this week, and something that, that was very staggering and should be troubling in our hearts. Um, uh, I read uh, yesterday that the 42% uh, of all uh, deaths in 2020 were abortions. 42% of all deaths worldwide were abortions. And then I, the, the stat that followed that was uh, 42 million abortions. That's staggering. That's staggering. And uh, Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. If you want to know where Jesus stands on that, he's come to give you life and life more abundantly. God cares about those who have been created, he has a purpose for you. And uh, we've got a, a video we're going to be showing, and I'm going to um, uh, invite, um, we, have a, we have a great opportunity to partner with a ministry in our town, and uh, uh, I'm going to invite her up here in a minute, but we're going to see this video real fast.
Amen. I tell you what, I, I am moved by that, and uh, I believe that as the church, we have to stand in the gap. I think we have to stand in the gap, and, and the way you do that is through prayer. And listen, listen to me, if you're here, and maybe you've had uh, an issue, and maybe, maybe you have had an abortion, can I tell you that, that God's grace is sufficient for you today? We're not poking at you, we're not, we're not saying you, accusing you of anything, but I can tell you this, that God's grace is sufficient for you today, and that we love you, and that, and that God, and God loves you, I promise he does love you, but, but in, in through this, I just want to say this, that uh, every life should matter. Every life should matter, and I'm talking about even those, those in the womb, all right? And so we have an opportunity, and I'm, I'm so excited about this, uh, to partner with the Hope Resource Center uh, here in town. And, uh, and honestly, uh, I'm going to ask Maggie Snack, right? Okay, I said it right. I want to make sure I had it right, uh, to, to come up here. And she's going to give us a little bit of information. And we're going to partner with them, and I'm going to tell you how we're going to be partnering with them. And so if you could, give her a, a welcome today. I just first want to tell you guys, thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to be here. And I spoke with TJ earlier this week, and I just want you to know that God is pretty amazing, and he's pretty awesome, and we already know that. But God worked through TJ this week, and he's making him look really, really good. Because when he called, he goes, we would really like to have someone come and speak at our church about what you guys do. And I said, that would be fantastic. I'm totally available this week. And he goes, I just looked on the calendar, and it's something that only God could have put together because it is Sanctity of Life Sunday. He said, I couldn't even have done that if I tried. <laughs> now, I don't know about you, but my husband is not one that's super great with dates and putting things together. But God is, and God's pretty amazing. Now, 2020 was a rough year. If you struggled in 2020, please raise your hand. If wearing masks and social distancing and keeping yourself safe and wondering what the new year was going to bring, that was challenging for all of us. I have two kids at home. School was turned upside down for them. Those were challenges that they have never faced that I as a mother have never faced myself to know how to help my children with those things. Now picture yourself being 15 years old. It's April 2020, and you did not social distance properly, and you have found yourself in a situation, and you're scared to death. We had a young girl that come in. She was brought to us by her grandmother. Her mom and dad said, the choice is up to you at 15. The choice is up to you. Mom lives here. Dad lives in another state for work because that's what happens in 2020. You go where you find work. Dad says, you make this choice. It's totally up to you. But that new baby's not coming to where I'm at. You're 15 years old. You're a freshman in high school. Talk about terrifying. We got a message this last week. 
at the beautiful picture? And that beautiful 15-year-old became a mother. And she brought that baby into this world. Scared. Terrified. I don't know about you guys, but being a mom at 40 in 2020 was scary enough. Let alone being a mom at 15. This young gal sent us a message, and she showed us the picture of her baby, and she's allowed us to put that in our newsletter. She's gorgeous. When April, who is our executive director and our nurse, did the ultrasound for that, we did it at six weeks. At six weeks, we are very, 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 very lucky to get to see the heartbeat of this beautiful creation. And we get to see this thing that we call the diamond ring. Because in the gestational sac, there's the yolk sac. And it's a perfect circle. And on top of that perfect circle is the diamond. And that's the baby. Before then and since then, we have not seen such beautiful diamond ring pictures at six weeks of gestation. God gave us some beautiful pictures to send home with that young gal to her grandmother and said, look, this is my baby's heartbeat. That mother gained new life. She has told us, wow, thank you guys at Hope. I couldn't have done this without you. You guys gave me the hope that I could do this. The hope that I could bring this life into this world and that I could raise this baby. We had very, very minimal interaction with that girl because of COVID. She was terrified. She was terrified of the virus. She was terrified of being pregnant. She was terrified. So we checked in with her. We called her once a week. Christy is our nurse manager, and that's what she does. Every ultrasound that we do the week before when she comes in on Thursday, she calls those, those new moms, and she checks on them, and she asks them how they're doing, and she just wants to know what can we do to help. So we called her. We checked on her. I go through Facebook. I message them when I see that they're on. Ask them how they're doing. Ask them how things are going. We offer a whole host of resources to these girls. We do parenting program classes. Right now they're on Zoom, so not as fun. But we do them. Those classes are 10 different classes that are offered. That girl and her support person, it doesn't matter who that person might be, whoever is supporting that young mother through this time gets to go through those classes as well. 10 different classes. They get 10 free gifts for that, plus support person gets 10 bags of diapers. When those 10 classes are completed, that mother and her support person can pick one of four gifts. She can pick a crib, a car seat, a pack and play, or a changing table. If you and your support person go through it together, that's two of the four. We try to set you up with every single thing that you need while you're going through your pregnancy and what you're going to need when that baby is here. We have Parent Life program, which is a Bible study for young moms 14 to 20 years old. Two Thursdays out of the month, we give these girls who don't necessarily have the best background, who don't necessarily have the best support system, we give them a home of hope. 
We have a meal with them. We do a devotion with them. We do different classes with them. We fellowship with them. We have people who volunteer to take care of those babies while those young moms are there so they can have a conversation with other moms who are going through the same thing that they're going through. A lot of times people will accuse us of only caring about that baby while the baby's in the womb. And that's not what we're here for. We're here to love them and love them abundantly. And to be pro-abundant life means that you are going to love the mother and the father and the child, and you're going to love them all, and you're going to love them continually. I will be here this afternoon as soon as the church service is over. If there are any questions you guys have, if there's anything you want to know, Christy and I will be here to answer your questions. There are so many ways to be involved. Monetary vote, like monetary donations are fantastic. We need them. It's not cheap to put a couple through that parenting program class. We are completely funded by donations. We're completely funded by people like you and churches like you, people who say we're here to love on those that have not yet been born. We have volunteer opportunities. We have donation opportunities. We have different programming opportunities, all of which we would love to see new faces and more faces pour love into our community. Thank you guys so much for your time this morning. And I say, Cornerstone, let's be the hands and feet of Jesus. Let's not just do it. Uh, you know, it's, it's easy that, and, and boy, I'm probably going to get in a lot of trouble for saying this. It's easy sometimes just to, to give monetarily and, and, and forget about things. But I want you to consider doing this. Number one, praying, praying for the Hope Resource Center. Partnering with them that God would, would, would advance what they are doing. This is how we get involved. Uh, number number two, I, not just praying for them, but also why don't you seek out possibly uh, volunteering or find out ways that you can be involved. It's amazing uh, when you put yourself in a position and you might be able to be a mentor to one of these young ladies or maybe to one of these young fathers who need guidance. Amen. And so I want you to do that. And so for this month, uh, we are, and, and Kids Rock is, is the drive behind this. And how many saw the... Um, um, crib outside. Any, everyone see the crib outside when you walked in the door? And this month, we are going to be taking donations of, of diapers and wipes and burp cloths and, and things that, that any mother would need. Now, if you don't have a kid in Kids Rock, that's fine. You can still donate. All right, thank you. I'm just making sure you guys are awake today. You guys are pretty quiet today. The snow's got you quiet. But uh, I, I want to make sure that you guys know that, and you'll hear a little bit more about that after, after the service. And I'm excited to be able to partner with this, uh, with this ministry, with this team, and to really just to love on people. And it's about loving on people. I love the name Hope. I mean, because Hope, that, that automatically says that, that you're not, there's always hope. Situations could look bad, but there's always hope. Jesus is the blessed hope. Amen. And so uh, everyone look at your neighbor and say, hey, let's get involved. All right, now you have to because you just told your neighbor. All right. You see how I did that? That was pretty smart, wasn't it? Uh, but anyway, so God bless you guys. It's so good to see you today. Uh, I've been talking about um, 
this this year, coming into this new year. And thank you, Sula, for speaking on on um, praying about a word to lead us into uh, you know 2021. We're already in there, um, but you know I think some of us are a little gun shy going into 2021 since because of 2020. We're like, yeah, 2021, maybe, maybe, maybe. I'm not sure if I. You're going one way or the other. It don't matter. Um, but uh, I, I, I just want you to pray about that and ask the Holy Spirit to just reveal to you uh, ways that, that, that you could grow in 2021 and ways that, that you can serve in 2021, ways that, that God will exponentially help you grow in 2021. If you pray for those three things right there, uh, you know what? You can, you can do a whole lot of good for the kingdom of God. And that's what I, my prayer is and my hope is. So uh, God bless you. Today I want to talk to you guys, and, and I don't want to keep you long today. We're going to be uh, looking at a very familiar passage today. If you have your Bibles, you can go to Mark chapter 5. And uh, I want to talk to you on this simple subject, uh, faith that touches God. Faith that touches God. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, faith that touches God. All right. Look at your other neighbor who you don't like as much because you didn't look at them first and say, faith that touches God. You guys are partial. That'd be a good plug for our James. We learned about partiality at, at, at James on, <laughs> on Wednesday night. And, uh, if you can make it on Wednesday night, we are going through the book of James. And I tell you what, it is like getting punched. You feel like a punching bag because James just kind of throws it out there. He lays it out there. So... Uh, Mark chapter 5, you're like, well, I don't know if I want to come, you know, but, uh, it, but he's helping us grow. Mark chapter 5, verse 25, uh, it says this, and this is a very familiar passage. How many went to Sunday school growing up? Oh, I love those hands. That's awesome. You have heard this story at some time, probably in Sunday school. I wish I had a flannel graph up here. I could do the flannel graph and we could really go, like, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? Uh, Mark chapter 5, verse 25 says this. says, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. How many know that sometimes when you're going through a trial or a situation, you try things you, in your own power and your own ability only to find out that things are getting worse and not better. Anybody ever been there? All right, good. Uh, verse 27, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Can I tell you this? It's always good to be behind Jesus. Let him lead you. All right. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes... I shall be made well. Verse 29, immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this day. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just use me as an oracle of your voice today, God. Lord, I stand behind the cross today, Lord, just a man. Lord, I pray, Lord, your spirit would lead and guide today, Lord, that you would have your will and way, Lord, that lives would be changed forever. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray, amen. All right. So here in our story 
uh, and this is interesting to me, is a nameless woman. A matter of fact, uh, her only identity is she is known by her ailment, the woman with the issue of blood. Interesting, huh? Interesting that she was known only by her ailment. Uh, the, the Bible, the writers here in, in all, in three of the Gospels, this story is, and none of them mention her name. They just, they mentioned that she had an issue of blood. And the problem with her issue was this. According to Jewish law, she was considered unclean. That's, that's just the way it was. Leviticus 15 would tell us that, and it declares that anyone with an issue of blood or a flow of blood over so many days would be considered unclean. That means where they would sit down would be unclean. Where they would lay down, that would be unclean. What they touched would be considered unclean according to Jewish law. So here's the thing. Not only is she dealing with an ailment or a health issue, but she's dealing with um, a system or a society that deemed her unclean. And not just for a little while, but for 12 years. Can you imagine walking in isolation for 12 years, people looking at you and saying, don't touch me because I know that you're unclean. You can't sit there because that woman sat there. It's unclean. It's crazy. Uh, not only uh, dealing with physical issue, but most likely the wear and the tear of society looking down on her must have made her mentally sad and depressed. I don't know about you. I would probably be down in my heart. Scripture tells us that she spent all her money on physicians to deal with a problem only to be some sort of kind of guinea pig. They, the physicians, they just tried things on her, and, and the Scripture told us that nothing worked. Um, and so knowing that, uh, she, she probably sought counsel from, our, from her friends and maybe from her family and maybe from religious leaders only to find herself with the same issue. Have you ever been in life finding yourself with the same issue you you maybe sought out help from maybe some friends maybe you sought out help from a pastor or maybe you've sought out help from a family member maybe even a doctor and only to find yourself back to square one there she was uh you know it's it's uh it's not good but you seem to always fail in our lives in different situations sometimes and maybe you're in your life in your situation you say man i keep falling to the same uh, temptation or I keep messing up and uh, that happens maybe it's depression from an issue that you didn't resolve in your life maybe that's what you're dealing with maybe it's unforgiveness or past hurts that keep you from fully walking in the freedom of God unforgiveness maybe it's substance uh, a substance that you've become a slave to and cannot give up I'm talking today but you guys are pretty quiet it could be that passion of lust in your heart, or maybe it's hate in your heart that is burning and destroying your marriage, or, or worse, even your walk with God. Today, I want to talk to you about this, a faith that touches God. This story is interesting to me, super interesting story. It, it, and matter of fact, uh, we're going we're gonna to break it down a little bit. But, but I want to talk to you about a faith that touches God. Everyone look at your neighbor one more time and say, faith that touches God. Something that I learned about this nameless woman, because I don't want to call her by her ailment, uh, is, is the first thing that, I, that we can learn from her is this. You've got to know how to position yourself. You've got to know how to position yourself, okay? 
Uh, when a few years ago, I had the privilege, and one of my goals in life, this is crazy, me and Wyatt made this goal when he was young, and one of our goals in life is to go around to every baseball stadium in the United States and go watch a game together. I told him when we started this that I would probably be an old man before we were able to finish this. So, you know, COVID's kind of put the brakes on a lot of that. But what we try to do is we'll try to find at least one or two baseball games a year and we'll go sit and we'll buy the cheapest tickets that we can buy because we don't really care where we sit as long as we're in the stadium. We usually eat a hot dog. You know you got to eat a hot dog when you go to a baseball stadium. And we'll, we'll even root for the teams that we don't even like unless they're playing our blessed Cardinals. And all the Cardinals fans said amen. All right. But a few years ago, we went to uh, Atlanta and uh, we were watching a game in Atlanta and we bought the just some inexpensive tickets, and our tickets put us out in a bleacher seat. Anybody ever sit out in the bleacher seats at a baseball game? Uh, it's, it's, you got to be careful out there because there's a lot of balls that are hit out there. And sitting out there, uh, you know, they're not the most comfortable seats, but, but they're pretty cool seats because, you know, you see a ball flying at you. It's kind of crazy. Um, but we were at that game, and where we were seated at the end of our row, uh, Zaley was sitting at the end of the row, and then there was just a wall. And dropping down in there was the bullpen. Um, and I don't remember. I don't remember if it was the Braves bullpen or was it the visiting team's bullpen. Do you remember? It was the Braves. Okay. And so we were there. And, uh, and through this, you know, it's cool when you're sitting there next to the bullpen because you can hear the players talking. And you can hear them warming up and throwing pitches. And, and you, you hear how hard they actually pitch when you hear that, that ball snap into that glove. And uh, we were sitting there, and it was because of our position where we were at in the game, Zaley was able to just kind of look over there and talk to the, to the players. And at the end of the game, one of the coaches was there, and Zaley just was sitting there, and the coach, because of her position, looked up to her, and he grabbed the ball, and he threw the ball up to her. Now, if we would have sat on the first baseline, we probably may not have got a ball, Right? It might have been just by a foul ball. But because of our position there that day, we walked out of there, or Zaley walked out of there, with a ball from one of the coaches of the Atlanta Braves. There's a Braves fan in here. All right. We're going to be praying for you back there. All right. I'm just kidding. That's good. Hey, we had a lot of fun at that game. We had a lot of fun at that game. And, and I think they won. I think they won. Um, uh, but anyways, uh, so, but position ma matters. Your, the position of your faith matters. It does. It does. Hearing about Jesus should do this, should move us to action. It would. It should. Now, we talked about this in our, our Bible study on Wednesday night. And if you don't come on Wednesday night, I'm going to encourage you to come because it will challenge you. It is challenging your pastor. I promise you it is challenging me. Hearing about Jesus should move us into action. See, in James chapter 2, verse 19, it says this. Uh, and James says this. He, he says this, and, and, and he's... he's and this is one of those moments. And he says, you believe in God? He's like, so what? So do the demons. He does. That's exactly what he says. So, so you believe in God? So what? So do the demons. They believe in God. They know God, who God is. They know that he is deity. They know who the son of God is. Your belief in God is really not impressive is what he's saying there. But faith is where belief and action come together. Faith is where belief and action come together. Say, so I believe in God. 
So do the demons. But when you believe and then there's action to your faith, things begin to change. To have faith is to relinquish trust in oneself. You ought to write that down. To have faith is to relinquish trust in oneself and to put that trust in another. So basically when we say have faith in God is to put our trust in God. And you know what? That takes action on my part. Sometimes that means I'm going to shut my mouth. I'm going to let God do what he's going to do. And I'm just going to trust God with the situation. How many have ever been in a trial in a situation and you got your hands in the middle of that trial and you just made it way worse than what it should have been? Right? So this woman, she had tried everything. This woman who was tired, who was weary, feeling weak, probably found herself in a very, uh, a place of desperation. Have you ever found yourself in a place of desperation in your walk with God? Where you felt tired, and maybe you feel that day, today, you feel tired, you feel weary, you feel weak in your spirit. And, and can I tell you something about desperate people? When you're desperate, it, it makes us do crazy things, right? Desperation leads us to do crazy things. C.S. Lewis said this, we can ignore even pleasure, okay? We can ignore even pleasure, but pain insists upon being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. If you feel pain in your heart, can I just give you advice like what C.S. Lewis is saying there? When you feel pain in your life, that's God with a megaphone saying, hey, trust me. I believe God is doing this, and I believe God is, is rousing his church with a megaphone in this hour. Why do you say that, TJ? With a pandemic, a divided nation, a broken people, the pain of our society should be speaking to us, and it, we should be responding with prayer and humility towards God. Right? If my people who are called by my name will what? And, oh, that's belief and action there. Are you following me? There you go. But her pain, this woman, her pain led her to Jesus probably as a last resort. She tried all the doctors in the area. She did this. And this story is very interesting to me because, you know, in, if you read this chapter, it, in Mark chapter 5, it talks about Jesus. He, he, he deals with the, the, the man legion. And then he goes back over on the boat, and, you know, they, they kick him out uh, over there where he was at uh, because he, all the pork, you know, there was a, uh, uh, <laughs> all the pork, you know, had went down because, it, you know, it went over. He cast the demons into the pork, and there was a shortage of pork, so they were upset at him. They asked Jesus to move along. So Jesus leaves, and he goes back across the sea, and he's in Capernaum. I'm just joking, okay? All right. And he goes back to Capernaum, and when he's there, and he's there, he walks, and he gets off the boat, and he's already met with a crowd of people seeking him. Let me tell you, when, when God's doing something, crowds show up. That is true. But oftentimes, uh, you know, in our lives, and, and, and we'll see in the story, Jesus is often our last resort. And it's funny to me as Christians that oftentimes Jesus is our last resort. 
You're guilty of it. I'm guilty of it. All of us are guilty of it. Lord, I can figure this out. I got this. Lord, I'm having this issue right now. So if I just work a little bit of overtime and this and that and this and that, rather than just trusting God, or if I try to find another job, Lord, this or that, right? And, and this is what happens. When Jesus is often our last resort, we, we've often exhausted our own abilities, our own ideals, our, our plans, our programs. And can I tell you this? Jesus is just getting started when we finally come to that realization. He's like, okay, you're tired and exhausted, but I'm here I am ready to go, ready to work. And she found herself in this place of desperation. Uh, and, and here's the thing. Desperation is not always a bad thing. Matter of fact, some of us need that in our lives. See, uh, 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 she found herself in desperation for an answer. And when you're desperate for an answer, you'll, you'll do crazy things. You'll say, hey, pastor, can you open the church so I can come down and pray? When you're finding yourself in a desperate situation, you'll pick up the phone and ask the prayer chain to pray for you. When you find yourself in a desperate situation or you're exhausted all option, you start remembering what you heard. Now, listen to this. This is, this is really good. I need to, I, hey, sit up, sit up straight, church. I need you to hear this today, okay? Verse 27 says this. It says, when she heard about Jesus, somebody told nameless woman about Jesus. That's amazing to me. Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing what? The word of God. Listen, church, there's a desperate and there's a dying world right now. And there are people who are desperate to hear the hope of Jesus Christ, the salvation of Jesus Christ, the delivering power of Jesus Christ. And how will they ever hear unless you tell them? Oh, pastor, that's your job. Let me tell you something. You have influence at your work that I don't. You have influence in the places that you go that I don't. I have influences over the places that God has given me. But can I tell you something? That if you begin to speak the name of Jesus, you'll be surprised at the walls that will come down in people's lives. When they know that you're a believer. This amazes me. When I, <laughs> when I was going to the gym on a regular basis... All right, this 2021, I'm going to go back to the gym. All right, when I was going to the gym on a regular basis, I remember I, I would go to the gym, and there was this guy, a uh, middle-aged guy, and he was, not, he was not a huge guy, but he was, he was, he was very fit. He was, he was not tall, but he was super fit, and he was a little bit older than me, probably maybe 10 or, 10 or more years older than me, and I always thought, man, that guy is so fit for his age. He looks good. And I remember as I would work out, I, when I work out, I put my headphones in and I just kind of get tunnel vision. I try to do what I need to do. I ain't worried about much of what anyone else is doing. But from time to time, I would hear him talking to people. And I, through repetition of going to the gym and talking and, and getting to know this guy, he began to ask me questions. And he said, you know, and, and I built relationships with him. And he'd come over and he'd be like, hey. You're going to really hurt yourself doing that weight that way. Let me show you how to do that properly. And I'm like, okay, thank you, you know. And, and so he began to show me those things. And I remember one day I was at the gym. And he came up to me and he said, he said, can I talk to you? And I said, 
sure, you know. And so I pull my, my headphones out, and we begin to talk. And he just begins to just tell me everything in his life. And I'm like, oh. I had no clue that this was about to happen. And he just began to tell me how how vile he felt and how he had messed up and how he had, had, had done terrible things. And in tears, and I knew nobody was going to say anything to him because he was, he was ripped. In tears there in the gym, and I said, I said, and he goes, he goes, you're a pastor, right? And, and I said, yeah, I am. And he goes, can, can you pray for me? And I said, absolutely. So, you know what? We're lifting dumbbells. We might as well do a little spiritual faith there, right? And I began to pray for him. And I said, hey, I said, let me, when we leave the gym, I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave here and I'm going to go buy you a Bible. And he said, for real? And I said, yeah. I said, I'm going to go buy you a Bible. So I got his number and I met him and I gave him a Bible. This big guy. And I met him at a, at a, at a, a fancy restaurant called Wendy's in the parking lot. And I gave him this Bible. He grabbed that Bible and he said, no one has ever given me a Bible. And I said, really? And I said, well, I'm sorry that no one's ever given you a Bible and I'm sorry that you, you've never known. He goes, I, he goes, I know there's something inside of me that needs to change. And he began to ask me about Jesus and what it meant to live for Jesus. And I was able to pour into him that day in tears there in the Wendy's parking lot. The smell of French fries and what is their ice cream that they have that I love so much? I can't even think of it. Frosties. You've got to dip them French fries in them Frosties, right? The smell in the parking lot, he began to just weep. And he began to change. It was crazy because I thought, well, this is a cool opportunity, right? And it's funny because there was a guy in our church. He called me. He was a board member in our church. And he said, hey, I need to talk to you. And I was like, oh, no, this ain't good. He goes, I need you to come by my shop. And I was like, oh, man, this ain't good, right? So I walk into his shop, and he sits me down, and uh, he says, hey, do you know this guy? And he calls him by name. He said, I said, yeah. He goes, he's a friend of mine. Did you know that? I said, didn't know that at all. He said, I've been asking him to come to church for years. He said, I know his personality. I know exactly where he, where he came from. He goes, and I never thought in a million years that you'd be the guy that would be able to break through in his life. And it's amazing because here's the, what we need to know, and it's not accolades to me. People need to hear about Jesus. That doesn't mean you have to go into, to, to, your, to your place of work and throw your Bible at them and be like, no, Jesus. But you can do it every day just by loving on people, listening to them and telling them, hey, you know what? There is hope. Now, offering to pray for them. It, it blows my mind that the opportunities that we have. But this woman, somewhere along the way, someone had said something about Jesus, and she heard about Jesus. And it's interesting to me because her miracle in, in, in this story is wrapped up in the middle of another miracle. It's, it really is. If you read this story, she's, not even, she's just kind of a footnote to actually what is really going on. And, and we'll get to that in just a minute. Uh, and, and here's what we need to know. Sometimes we have to allow our faith to move us into action to position us for the miraculous in our lives. And that's what she did. She heard about Jesus. She... Heard that he was coming, and you know what? There was a crowd, but she put herself in a position to run where Jesus was, to be there. She heard, she saw the crowd, she moved in the crowd with a purpose to simply 
touch the hem of his garment. She didn't even need to make an appointment. She didn't call Jesus' personal assistant to make an appointment with him. She just said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. And desperation says it, says it doesn't matter if I'm unclean or not. That's where she was at. She said, it doesn't matter if the people that I touch in the process of trying to touch Jesus, it w- doesn't matter. What if, just what if our prayer life had the tenacity of this woman's faith where we learn to position ourselves for the miraculous in our life? This blows my mind. I think about that. She didn't have the answer, but she knew that Jesus did. It may be hard. And I'm sure that as she approached Jesus' robe, I'm sure that there, the crowd was around her. The multitude, the scripture says, or a throng of people. And I'm sure she was being pushed, maybe trampled on. I don't know. I don't know if she was down on her knees. The scripture doesn't really tell us if she was or wasn't. But all I know is she was probably being pushed and she was probably fighting her way to get to Jesus. And let me tell you something in this day and hour. To position yourself in faith, sometimes that means you got to fight. You have to move forward. Sometimes that that means that you're going to have to get desperate and say, I don't care who's in my way. I don't care who's here. And that may mean today that when the altar call comes, you need to not worry about who's in this building, but run to, to Jesus. Verse 30 says this. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched me or who touched my clothes? Sounds like my teenage kids. Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you, and you say, who touched me? So here's the second thing. And I'm going to ask the worship team to come because I'm, I'm going I'm I'm to be really fast here. Second thing. First thing is to position yourself. Second thing is this, simply be real. Everyone say, be real. Be real. Who touched me, Jesus said. And it's funny to me because I want to be like, I'm kind of like the disciples. Really, Jesus? There's a whole group of people around you, and you're asking, who touched you? And the disciples, and listen to this, and I love this. The disciples were impressed by the masses of people around him. But can I tell you, Jesus was impressed by the one who touched him. Man, that, that, that's, that's really good right there. You ought to write that down. All too often we evaluate ministries by the masses around Jesus while here Jesus is interested in the one who touched him, touched his garment, not even his body. Didn't even touch his body, just touched his garment. It's amazing to me. That blows, that blows me away. While uh, Jesus is interested in the one who touched his garment, who touched me, he would say. Can I tell you this? There's a difference between a touch of fame and a touch of faith. Look at the crowd. Everyone's just trying to get to Jesus. They just want to touch Jesus. But look at the woman with the issue of blood. She is just trying to get to Jesus, but she's just trying to touch the hem of his garment. There's a difference in a touch of fame and there's a faith. And I believe God is asking us in this time and in this hour to reach out and to touch him. Many have simply been around Jesus but aren't seeing the miraculous in their lives. I don't want to be one of those people. I've grown up in church my whole life. And I haven't tasted and I haven't seen like I want to see the miraculous in my life. And if you're satisfied with where you are, I'm going to tell you, get unsatisfied. 
get desperate. Get desperate in your situation. Say, God, there's more for me. You say, oh, I'm, 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 I'm old and I can't do anything anymore. Oh, tell that to Caleb. Tell that to Joshua. 80 years old, moving. Saying, hey, we can still take the promised land. Caleb said, give me the land that's mine. I want the land where the giants are still. God's not done with you yet. God's not through with you yet. I can't help but evaluate myself and say, have I been so busy in the crowd trying to touch Jesus and his fame and not in faith? Jesus said this, somebody touched me. Virtue came from me. Virtue came from me. Somebody touched me and there was power that was moved from me to them. There's a difference in that kind of touch and just the touch of faith. Right? Is my faith in action that when I move in faith it makes God say, I felt something. Or is it yeah, just another crowd who touched me? Verse 32 says this. And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Notice this. Jesus said, who touched me? And turned around and looked at the woman. Who touched me? I love God because he already knew what he he already knew who had touched him. Second Chronicles 16.9 says this. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. So when you go to God and you're just real with God, and God's like, and you touch God and you touch him in faith and you have faith in action and you're moving. And God says, who touched me? He looks at you. He is looking to move on your behalf. Whatever your trial, whatever your situation, do you love God? Are you serving God? Do you know him? Guess what? He is going across the earth going, who can I show my strength and power? Whose situation can I look at today? Who can I deliver today? Whose marriage can I fix today? Who can I help get, get off of drugs and alcohol? Who can, whose life can I give hope to? Jesus is still looking for those places to show himself strong in those who follow him. Jesus knew who touched him, but for the sake of the crowd, and, I, I, and, I, and I'll submit this. In the middle of this miracle, I'm telling you because Jesus got off the boat, the first person was, was, was Jairus, and, and his daughter was, was ill. And that's really where Jesus is marching to. He's going to Jairus' home to touch this young girl. But in the process of going there, this woman with the issue of blood interrupts him. It's crazy to me because Jesus said, who touched me? And he looks at the woman. It's you. And what does she do? She is just bluntly honest there. Scripture tells us there that, uh, pull up verse 32, 33 for me. Can you go back to that? It says, but when the woman, fear and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. She was just real with God at that moment. She just said, you know what, God? 
You know what, Jesus? I've struggled. Twelve years. Society has kicked me out, said I'm unclean. I've went to physicians, spent all my money. I've talked to my family. I've talked to religious leaders, and I don't have an answer. But, Lord, I told myself that if I could just get to the hem of your garment and touch it, that I would be made whole. What kind of faith is that? Man, that is powerful. Her faith was not in doctors, was not in friends, was not in society. Her faith was in Jesus Christ. Can I tell you, there's no better place to put your faith in this world. Let me ask you this. When was the last time you were honest with God? You know what's funny is oftentimes we're not honest with God, but God knows us anyway. He knows your thoughts. He knows what you're thinking anyway, so you might as well just be honest with him. Lord, I'm struggling right now. Lord, this has been an issue with me. I have an anger issue. God's like, I know. I know you deal with that. I know that you struggle with that. But I believe, funny thing is, he already knew that, but I believe that here he allowed her to say it out loud because Jairus was there. I believe that her testimony was building faith in Jairus. I believe that. Be real with God, and I promise he'll be real real with you. Look at this, verse 34, and I love this. I love this. I love this. We're going to end, I promise. We're going to end. Look at your neighbor and say, he's finally landed in this plane. Verse 34 says this. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Here's the third thing I want to talk to you about. This is going to be fast. Live it out. Live it out. It's plain and simple. This is simple. This is simple teaching today. You got to position yourself in faith. Be real with God. And all you got to do is live it out. Live it out. Live it out. Verse 26 says this. The woman came labeled by her affliction, the woman with the issue of blood. Verse 26 said, the woman came tired, weary, and heavy, laden with no other answers. Verse 26 says, the woman came afflicted, sick, and an outsider. But look at this, verse 34. Look at the difference between when Jesus comes into the picture, when her faith moves Jesus. Look at this, verse 34. Jesus does call her, he doesn't call her by her affliction, but he calls her by her position, which is daughter. She's no longer, we don't know her name, but he no longer is, is the woman with the issue of blood, but you are my daughter. Some of you need to understand that your position with God is not based on what you're going through or the situation or the trial that you are. But your position with God, he calls you a son. He calls you a daughter. Verse 34, Jesus tells, tells her to go in peace. Not the peace that the world can give, but only the peace which God can give. And there is a difference. Verse 34, Jesus tells her to be healed of her affliction. Now, two of the gospel writers say that she was healed on contact. Now, Matthew doesn't really say one way or the other, but 
It doesn't matter. I believe that she was healed on contact because Jesus said this. He said, woman, your faith has healed you. And I can't help but think we're always sometimes waiting on God. And I think God's saying, I'm waiting on you. A faith that touches God will live it out every day. You know what God does? He turns my morning into dancing. He turns my ashes into beauty. He changes my name from the guy with the anger issue to son. I'm no longer the woman with depression but a daughter. I'm no longer the druggie but a son. And it's crazy to me because she said, she said things like, if, if, if I can only touch. You know what that is when you say, if I can only touch? That's an expectation that God I'm going to watch you do the miraculous. If I could just get there. Expectation with the Lord. What are you expecting from God? What do you want from God? Faith causes us to move in action. Well, you say, oh, but TJ, what if, what if, what if I... What if I come with anticipation and expectation of God to move in my faith? And what if I put action to my faith like James is talking about? What if I, what if I do that, but what if God doesn't heal me? What if God doesn't deliver me? Can I tell you this? Can I give you a little word of encouragement? Be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You remember? Even if. That's right. Even if, they, they, they told the king, said, we believe God's going to save us. We believe God's going to deliver us. But even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't, this is what I want to tell you. Even if God doesn't move in your situation the way that you think he should, even if God doesn't, don't bow to discouragement. Don't bow to the lies of the enemy. But I, or don't bow to fear. But I can tell you this, stand knowing that God has got you. Hey, man, do you believe that today? I believe that today. Faith that touches God. you got to position yourself. you got to be real. And you got to live it out. Stand with me all across this building. Lord, we thank you for your word, for your miraculous power. Lord, simple but potent. Lord, the lessons that we can learn from this. closer than a brother. He loves you. He wants a relationship with you. I promise you it's the best decision you'll ever make in your life. He wants to know you. And I want to give you an opportunity today. I don't like to ever close a service without giving it someone an opportunity to know Jesus. If you're here and under the sound of my voice and you don't have a relationship with him, you feel in your heart, the tugging of your heart, that's called the conviction of the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit drawing you to the Lord. I want to give you an invitation, a personal invitation to know him today. With no one looking around, all heads bowed, all eyes closed. 
say, I, I want to know Jesus. I want a relationship with him. I, I need him. Anybody in the building? Looking around. No one's looking around. Anybody in the building? I'm going to be patient. All right. I want to give you an opportunity to, to do this. Now, you're in your heart and you say, hey, I feel like I've carried a weight. I feel like I've carried something for years. Maybe just you, you seem like this woman. Maybe it seems like 12 years to you. Maybe it has been 12 years. You say, hey, I want the peace of God. And I want to touch Jesus. And I want my faith to move him. And I need him to move on my behalf. You're under the sound of my voice. You say, I need Jesus. I just need him in my situation. Would you just lift your hand? No one looking around. Anybody in the building? Hands, hands, hands going up everywhere. Hands going up everywhere. Let's lift our hands, everybody in the building. Lord, I thank you for each and every person here. Lord, who was, had the courage to raise their hand to say, hey, I admit that they, maybe they don't have it all together. That is okay. You are a God of grace and you are a God of mercy. Lord, you make all things new. God, and in the middle of our situation, God, I pray, Lord, that we would remember, Lord, we may not have the answer, but we know who does. And Lord, that's you. So, Lord, can you increase our faith today? Lord, can you help us to, to stand on what your word says and not by what we see with our eyes and what we know what's going on around us? God, we believe that you're going to touch each and every situation. God, we declare it in the mighty name of Jesus. God, each and every person's need. Lord, you know everybody in here. Lord, you know what they're going through. I pray, Lord, that you would speak peace, God, to situations. Lord, that we would claim healing in the mighty name of Jesus in certain situations. Those who need healing, God, deliverance for those who need deliverance. God, I pray, Lord, the heaviness of, of trials and things going on in our life, Lord, would be lifted in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we reach out to you. Lord, we touch you. Lord, we ask, Lord, that you would just minister on our behalf in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, can you lift your hands? Can you just worship the Lord? Can you just worship the Lord? Sing it out.
Come on, can you lift your voice? Come on, can you shout with a voice of triumph today? Do you believe that you're an overcomer? Come on, church, do you believe it today? I believe it today. Lord, we accept it. Lord, we accept it in the mighty name of Jesus. Stretch your hand this way. Lord, I pray a blessing, God, over each and every heart, each and every soul that's here today. God, I pray, Lord, that you would go with us. Lord, that you'd make your face shine upon us. Lord, that you would be with us. God, that you would cover us with your grace. God, I pray for protection. God, every place that anybody here, Lord, watching, Lord, sets foot. God, I pray, Lord, that you would go before them. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. Before you're, before, uh, I don't know who's doing announcements today. I'm, I'm all messed up. Is it you, Greg? Uh, before he comes up, I, I do want to, come on up. Uh, come on up. Come on up, Greg. Uh, I, I do want to preface this. If you are a, uh, a, a member of our church, a voting member of our church, um, we had an error in, in the mail outs that we sent you, and we have um, duplicates. Well, not duplicates of the error, but we fixed the error, and we have letters for you that you need to take home and to read and review um, for our upcoming board meeting. And if you say, hey, I, I don't know if I'm a member, you should be a member. Um, and we'll, we'll get you some information on how, to, on how to become a member if you're not. And we want you to be a part and help us in the decision and the direction of this church. And I just want to encourage you to do that. So if you are a member, uh, in the back desk, I think Cheryl's going to have those. And uh, you can just grab those. Real, it'll be really fast. I made an error. It's no one else's fault. You can blame it on Pastor. I'll take the blame. I got big shoulders. Not really, but, but, I'll, but I'll, I'll take the blame for that. And so uh, I just want to let you guys know that. So. Here you go, Brother Greg. Thanks, Pastor. Great job. Boy, aren't you glad you didn't stay home today? What a great morning. Thank you so much. Uh, if you're a guest with us today, we're just so honored that you've come to worship with us today. We've got a gift just for you. There's the, Right in front of you, there's a connection card. If you could take it back to our welcome desk and turn it in, we've got a gift for you. We just want to get to know you, pray with you, and just, just learn how we can help disciple you. We've got a few announcements today. So first of all, as we talked about today, the Kids Rock is taking up the donations for the diapers, wipes, all the things that we can help with the Hope Ministries. We're just super excited to help partner with you guys, and, and hopefully uh, we can help make an impact in what you're doing. Uh, this Tuesday night, we've got our MOPS meeting at 7 p.m., and this is really exciting. The Kids Rock classes on January 31st, kids will be choosing a stuffed animal pet to adopt their upcoming program. Adopt-A-Pet, this is a Bible reading challenge program where they will be learning how to fall in love with Jesus through faithful prayer and Bible. How do you know? Two ways to get to a kid, sugar and stuffed animals. That's like the best thing ever. That was brilliant, whoever came up with that. Uh, the Adventure Rangers, Sunday mornings uh, at 9.15 to 10.15, boys in 6th grades through 12th grade. Uh, we encourage you to attend. The classes provide the boys with the opportunity to have fun with friends and develop new skills, practice leadership and teamwork, and grow into young men that, created, that God created them to be. Royal Rangers will be building their Olympic-themed Olympic Ranger Derby cars from 1 to 4 p.m. on Sunday, January 24th and January 31st. Everyone is invited to participate. Please sign up at the information desk. And don't forget, our baptism services will be on February 28th. Uh, if you've never been baptized or you want to be rebaptized and dedicate your life, uh, just get signed up back at the welcome desk. And that is all for today. Thank you, guys. Have a great day.